part three chapter twenty one of martin schuler by romer wilson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three berlin chapter twenty one although martin schuler was now thirty years of age the peahens was not yet brought off he had not even read werner's poem in fact he had almost completely forgotten the whole idea his second opera the saddest singer was a furious success when he had brought it to berlin everybody went wild about it everybody sang the chief song in it so beautiful is the singer who sadly sings of love it was edited for sopranos contraltos tenors and baritones with and without obligatos for every conceivable instrument it was edited as a piano solo a violin solo a clarinet solo martin made a fortune out of it it was chanted in all countries and in all languages by every make of gramophone one heard it as frequently as the merry widow waltz or offenbach's baccarole which after a dozen years of popularity still moves the hearts of the bourgeoisie one day martin sat in the out-of-door restaurant of one of the best hotels in berlin in charming company amongst those present the beautiful actress tarquine sat next to him clothed in an up-to-date white tailor-made he chattered with her throughout the luncheon and she rubbed the whitening off her doe-skin boots on to his trousers tarquine was one of those very vivacious people who can neither keep their feet nor their tongues still it was difficult to recognize in this spick-and-span herr von schuler in the smart navy blue lounge suit with the longish oiled hair brushed up from his brows the black moustache and the slightly musical tie that sloppy neglected-looking youth who used to sit with his elder sister in an attic den papered with the soiled mustard-coloured wallpaper he was changed even from the somewhat provincial creature of a few years ago who bought good clothes off the peg and wore rather too large collars is one ever different from the present that is to say has one a past it is difficult to believe that one's other images were oneself at all and not substitutes ah said tarquine to-night we shall witness another success fou ah mais oui mon tout petit homme she exclaimed to martin i intend to make myself a success in the title role i have no doubt of it said martin who was in good spirits this was the day of the production of his third opera he was always happy when there was any chance of public glory he loved his name in the papers and enjoyed the applause of the multitude for he valued the acclamation of the herd far above the praise of individuals the hors d'oeuvres the soup the special fish the delicate entrecote maitre d'hôtel the duck so tender and young with equally young and tender green peas enhanced with a sauce of apricots and oysters a la moselle had all been submitted approved served and devoured the waiters bowed with the beautiful concoction of venus before the guests a stimulating savoury which appeared to be made of pistachio nuts and thin slices of curried ham but which tasted as strange and delicate as the perfume of an exotic china rose the luncheon party chattered gormandized and roared with laughter the summer sun poured down upon the awning iced champagne stood in pewter buckets the bottles decently attired in white cloths to prevent the waiters from getting chilblains the ladies helped themselves to wild strawberries out of little silver baskets they put strawberries into their champagne so that they bobbed like pieces of red amber upon little golden ponds 
the noise and gaiety of the party distressed the grave english family who sat at the next table and caused them to say what terrible manners these germans have they turned away when tarquine opened her handsome mouth so wide that the little strawberries could roll into it with the champagne strawberries said martin who was becoming in a better and better humour and the others that is to say konstanz hirschner susi meider gaia salviati and fritz zeiss all went off into roars of laughter over the very improper joke they all knew about strawberries konstanz particularly winked at gaia whom he loved equally well with loti and beda if not with half a dozen others tarquine moved her vivacious feet in glee under the table and the calves of martin's trousers assumed the aspect of whited sepulchres off the stage she was one of those energetic dianas who destroy rend break or upset whatever they come in contact with her chief charm as an actress was her boundless vitality and her irrepressible liveliness listen she cried holding up her spoon with a remnant of her hot ice in it and waving it rhythmically in the air so beautiful is the singer she sang softly as the orchestra at a whisper from the herr restaurant keeper struck up martin's song it was repeated three times the gay company paid compliments to the hero and drank to the success of his new opera the maidens of weimar which was going to be produced that evening for that matter it was already an assured success and the hilarity of the party was greatly due to the fact that they were all going to benefit by it all the guests in the restaurant ceased eating and inquired from the waiters who the person with the black moustache might be on learning who he was several of them stood up to get a better view the orchestra ceased playing and turned to look at the hero with whom it felt that it was one suddenly the composer stood up and turned livid he swore the most terrible oath blasphemed god and insulted the emperor then strode down the steps into the glaring sunshine and vanished down a side street the company was astonished the waiters and some of the guests ran to the steps in order to see what had become of him a taxi-man driving past opened his door and indicated that they should go with him in pursuit three of them did but they never saw martin schuler again nothing serious had taken place martin had merely heard like a faint echo of the orchestra what seemed to him the miserable chime of a hurdy-gurdy grinding out his oversung song instantly he had had a clear vision of his young god-inspired self gazing out over heidelberg and his soul cried out with nameless execrations that he had betrayed himself to shame end of part three chapter twenty one recording by expatriate in bangor maine